I'm Matt Bush, and you're listening to BPR News Presents The Porch. For the superintendent of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, the killing of George Floyd over the summer hit especially hard. Cassius Cash is black, and his father was a police officer. The incident was so distressing, Cash had to do what he knows best. He went for a hike and Cash noticed how it helped ease tension in his body. That spurred the idea behind a new series of hikes he's calling Smokey's Hikes for Healing. There are 10 hikes, limited to 8 people for social distancing, aimed at providing a safe space to talk about race in the fresh mountain air. BPR's Cass Arrington caught up with Cash on a trail outside the park headquarters. We'll walk into one of our little popular trails here because it's right by the headquarters. It's called Cataract Falls. Just a nice way to be able to see some water features and also have uh, the visitor center close to you in case you need to pick up something or that kid has to go to the bathroom. You know how that goes. What we're going to be doing is talking about what's affecting us all these days and that's race and race relations. You know, with uh, what we've been seeing unfold on national television, you know, about people of color, unarmed uh, black people getting killed um, in, in, in encounters with the police, um, it's depressing within itself, right? As I would just say as a human, as a, as a human being, but more particularly as a um, African-American here. We came up with the thought of race and race relations and why not have these crucial conversations in one of the more diverse ecosystems in the world uh, and how we use and how species of all different backdrops and backgrounds need to come together to make this beautiful place that we call the Smokies. What's even more so tugging at me, it tugged at me as we were watching this unfold is uh, my dad is a retired police officer and uh, I know the jobs that they have to, to do. And so to see this play out as an African-American male and having a father and two brothers uh, serve as police officers, I was at a conundrum. And I needed to get out and unpack this, what we're living through right now. Again, with COVID keeping us locked in for so many weeks and months, and now where we're having a total concentration of these events play out on national television. So I hiked in the park, and uh, what happens, I found myself being restored, uh, being able to look at different perspectives um, in a different way than I did. And uh, what happened was what I always share with people is that you always come out of the woods better than when you went in. And that's exactly what happened uh, um, with this incident here. So I said, wouldn't it be great to have people from my community to experience the same thing. And and we already know what the being in a natural world does for you, spiritually and physically. And so we thought this would be a great backdrop to talk about a very sensitive and long-standing conversation that's happening in this country here. We did a hike over in North Carolina along the Catalucha Divide Trail. Uh, going from Purchase Knob to uh, a resort called The Swag, and that's about a mile and a half hike. Uh, got some little hills in it, but nothing too strenuous. And um, it was amazing to see 10 strangers come together and leave as friends, and that's exactly what happened. But the hike is part of the journey, right? And being able to digest or prepare for 
th these conversations that we had and that's exactly what happened is we had some very uh, transparent forthright conversations from people from all walks of life and, and that's what we're trying to do here is to create these cohorts of groups that are wanting to begin their journey or continue their journey and how they can make the communities better you know when we were seeing this play out i was asking the question where are we as a country when it comes to race and race relationships and i even bore it down to east tennessee and west north carolina where where are we with that and so at the end of the day my parents were able to tell me about the civil rights act in the 60s which is when i was born and my feel is is when my grandkids come i want to be able to say what did we do during this very historical point in time. And I want to say this is what we did along with the community members of East Tennessee and West North Carolina. So this was prompted by all of this, the conversations about race and, and police violence in the country, largely stemming from George Floyd that was mm -hmm. widely publicized, still mm -hmm. being discussed. But this concept of racial healing in nature, had it been percolating in your mind for a while before? It had not. Um, as I said, I was hiking on uh, Forney Creek Trail, as, as a matter of fact, in North Carolina, and uh, I just found myself feeling better. It was like a, a phenomenon that was happening to me, and just how much more relieved I felt to be able to think clearly, a, a lot more clearly, away from TV, away from all the things that, that stimulate other thoughts, and just be out and really focus on one thing. And in that particular hike, I was thinking about what's happening in our country. And again, I, I just realized in the self-awareness piece of I'm feeling better about, I'm feeling more optimistic. I'm feeling about what can be my part to, to making the place better. And, um, and that's how this came, to, came into play. So what, what exactly was going on in your mind or even manifesting in your body? Because that's what anxiety and stress and emotions can do. Right. In that moment when you decided, okay, I need to go for a hike. Well, um, I know I have high blood pressure, right? And I know when my body isn't at its best. And um, I felt that starting to take a toll. And so I've always said that hiking in the park is good for the mind, the body, and the soul. And um, so I'll go, I went back to what I was familiar with. And, and so, sure enough, that's what, that's what happened going through the park. And... You know, doing some more research too. You know, we're doing something I, I, I hope will make things better. It's making me better as an individual, uh, understanding different perspectives. But I was able to go back and look at the history and the administrative records of this park. And there was a superintendent by the name of uh, Overly, last name is Overly. He was the fifth superintendent here at the park. Served from 1958 to 1963. And what it says in our records is that Superintendent Overly heard about African Americans not being able to rent a hotel in Gatlinburg. And he called in all the hotel owners, all the motel owners, and said that if you don't change your posture and how we treat African Americans, I'm going to build a hotel inside the park. And uh, that was very significant because this park was always created in a way that it would allow the outside communities to benefit, not compete with. But he was so much a believer in equal rights and treating people all the same. He was, able, he was willing to break that. And I said to myself, the courage it must have taken to tell that to maybe some friends he knew, um, people he go to church with, but yet he stood firm in having the courage to do that 
And so that's the courage, same courage we're standing on today of making something different. And we don't have to be perfect in order to have progress. And so I don't know which each of these hikes is going to be like, right? Because they're 10 different people. But I'm willing to take that chance to, to make it better and, and do it with my fellow uh, community citizens. So where are we standing right now? So right now we're looking at Cataract Falls. Um, it's surprisingly as warm it is, still have water coming out of it, but it's a, it's a nice little fall as you see here now that we have little kids uh, trampling the water and, and uh, these are where memories are made. Um, and this is how generations of people, can, why they continue to come here because starting off at that age, you know, it's, it's great to see. I know you're a native Tennessean. Did you come here as a kid? I did not. Um, I did not grew up having a real deep connection um, uh, relationship with the natural world only through me being a boy scout uh, did i have that exposure and um, i've always had this i would say dream if you will i used to watch this uh, outdoor show called mutual of omaha wild kingdom way before your time and uh, it was cool to be able to travel around the world and see these different habitats and different animals and the protection measures that are put in place and i could do that from the comfort of my home so uh, when I was given the opportunity to become a wildlife biologist, I was actually privately um, living out a dream of mine, uh, being that person. Were there any, do you think, cultural or social barriers that, that you know, made national parks or the outdoors more challenging to access as a, as a kid and, and thinking, thinking about race? Yeah, I, I don't think there are any barriers. I think there has to be a level of curiosity of knowing to explain what the benefits are because if I'm in Knoxville and I look toward the smoke these mountains look pretty intimidating right and if you don't have someone to facilitate that relationship between in this you know city and the natural world it can be kind of scary um, I joke about this but it, there's some truth to it there are a lot of kids in urban areas exposure only comes from TV and I don't know about you and your favorite scary movie, but whenever you hear that, that sound effect and somebody's about to get whacked, it's in the woods and it's at night. And so that, over a period of time, plays on young folks' psyche. Like, I don't want to go out there and get eaten by something or taken away or whatever. So I would say that's probably the biggest barrier is just the unknown uh, of it. And so we've been very, uh, uh, very active in making sure that we can be that facilitator um, during the 2016 centennial, I, I hiked 100 miles um, in the park, and every mile I made sure I had a young kid with me that had not been in the park uh, so that they could remember that and also to facilitate that relationship. And um, it was amazing what those kids come out being better than when they went in about how they viewed nature. And it's very soothing, I'm sure, for them to, to see. Bye-bye. <laughs> Right. See your face and your welcome hand extending them to a, a place that might be uncertain or scary, but they can identify with you. Exactly. And I, I think um, it means a lot to kids to see me in this uniform. Uh, because the old, as the old saying is, sin is believing. Um, I didn't see African-American or a person of color walking in a flat hat. Um, and so, therefore, most of my young life, I didn't even know this was a career opportunity that I could pursue. And so if people decide, not, young folks decide not to be in this occupation, at least they know they can. And for that, I'm grateful to be that person to be able to show what opportunities that are in land management organizations.
Well, the hat looks good on you, I have to well, say. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, on the on the hikes you've led so far, um, take us there. Like, what what were some really touching moments that you witnessed? Um, well, what we talk about, I mean, we agreed that we would keep confidential, but at the beginning, as an icebreaker, we talk about what things are we bringing to this hike, and what things do we want to leave behind. And to open up with those kind of conversation, really, it gets real about what people are bringing and what they want to be better at and um, just being a better them. We talk about these spaces that we're going to create may not necessarily be safe because if you say safe, that means that you won't be uncomfortable. But we will create a space that's brave, right, for you to speak, you know, your piece or speak your perspective in that while being uncomfortable because that's where growth happens and we all know that that you're never growing if you're always uh, always comfortable um, with that so we we go through several exercises that invoke thought and some thoughts are the same and some differ particularly around race and race relations and, um, and then at the end of that we make commitments on how we're going to continue our journey um, and being a better a better person how they're going to make their communities better and that's the challenge. And I share it with the group, me personally, every job I've been in, I've been working for the government for 29 years now, and every job I've had, I've been the first or the only. And I tell people that that's great because I feel that I may be making, allowing opportunities for others, but at the same time, it's not always a comfortable uh, position to be in, to be the first or the only. It's got to be exhausting yeah, some days. It, it is. But I tell people over time, history shows that it's worthwhile. And I feel for us to be the first to do something like this, it's a little bit uncomfortable, but it's my goal, it's my desire and hope and prayers that this will be worthwhile uh, at the end of our last hike here. So before you came to Great Smoky Mountain National Park, you were the superintendent of Boston Park. Boston National Historical Park. Did coming back feel like, coming to Tennessee, did it feel like a homecoming? Were there mixed emotions? What was it like for you? Yeah, so, you know, I started off as a wildlife biologist. And going into a cultural park like Boston, where it talks about the birth and founding of a nation, is an incredible story. Um, and not only is the story incredible, it's about the people that were involved in that story, which makes it much more rich. Uh, so that was a, a new love I found in talking about these stories. But coming back to, to the Smokies or coming back to a natural park, it's like coming back to my first love. And uh, I really feel that no matter where you are, there are stories to be told. And we're, we are expanding those stories. Like right now, we, we talk about, of course, the indigenous people that were here on this land. And we also talk about the settlers that, you, that lived in Cades Cove and, and places like that. But we also are doing research on the African-American um, cemeteries, grave sites that are here. What is that story about? And so we're expanding that story. And that's what we consider to be anti-racist if you will from a from a natural uh, from a land management standpoint is to tell the stories the complete the entire story of a landscape or, or of a, a cultural site and who knows the people 
that now will see themselves in this resource in a different way than they they previously did may want to take up arms and and be part of protecting it because they see themselves in the story and i always tell people that um you know when you have a connection with a space it creates an emotional connection and you get an emotional connection and it becomes part of your values when it becomes part of your values that's what you protect right and that's what we want to do in order to stay relevant for the next hundred years is to make sure that we stay relevant and the main way to do that is making sure that we tell these rich stories that cover a lot of different people. At a time where racial justice conversations are at the fore, getting more media attention and national conversation than ever, in a region with, with still a complex history and culture, I drove past several Confederate flags on the way here. Do you feel like your arrival in this job as superintendent was just at the right time? I, I, I do believe I am here at the right place at the right time. And I know we've had conversations around that leadership table about things like this that I, I would suspect probably hadn't taken place before. And I say for that, we are all better for it. Uh, because it translates into everything that you talked about. How inclusive are we? Are we intentional about how we welcome people into the park? Uh, are we intentional about the stories that we tell across this park that that, that just um, really rolls it out of saying that we're inclusive? Um, and if you don't have those kind of conversations to help further develop your mental model, it's tough to put them into action on that. And so I believe... My, you know, this book is still being written, right? And at the end, at the very end, we'll be able to look back uh, on a body of work that I know we're going to be all proud of when it comes to taking care of this park and continuing to be fabric of this community and contributing in every way that we can. Cassius, it, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for talking with me and, and taking me out on a hike. All right, thank you for having me.